I just found last weekend to be so impressive and inspiring, especially in terms of Jeremy sharing with us his discernments and intention to enter the seminary this fall. I found that inspiring, but also the response of all of you at each Mass. There was genuine joy in one of our own discerning his vocation to the priesthood. It's such a good sign when there's an appreciation, a heartfelt appreciation of the priesthood. God still speaks to us. He has not forgotten about us. In fact, he engages with us in this world. That's seen in a radical way in a young woman who discerns her vocation to the religious life or to a young man discerning his call to the priesthood. Here, Jeremy, just about to finish a degree in mechanical engineering, not that that could get you a job anywhere, but just about to finish his degree in engineering and walking away from that potential job, from his family here, to spend seven years in academic and human formation, giving up potential of having his own family, giving up that very good thing. It's a radical witness that God is speaking to him. God engages in this world, and he engages with all of us too. Faith is the response to God who reveals himself, who engages with us. Faith takes the shape of accepting and assuming his mission of salvation. When this is absent, a void is created in our lives because we are created for this and redeemed, saved for this purpose. When there is not that generous response, well, a void is created. We become preoccupied with lesser things. I was reminded of this this past week when I picked up a voicemail. The woman identified herself and then said, you know, I'm from Iowa, and I heard that you're no longer using the nativity set there at the church, but you might be getting rid of it. We donated it in 1976, and if you're going to throw it out, well, we would like it back. Well, that's strange. <laughs> Got to tell you. So I called her, and she said, yes, uh, we donated it in 76 upon the death of our daughter, our young daughter donated the stable, and you may have noticed a little plaque on that stable. I've always wondered about that. And I said, well, you know, that's the only nativity set I've known since I've been here. And she said, oh, yeah, that's the one. I said, well, why would I want to get rid of it? We use it every year. And she said, oh, okay, if that's the case, then please keep it and use it. I said, please get on Facebook or on your Twitter account and say, fake news, please, and maybe use your time in a more constructive way than gossiping like that. Faith is a response to God who reveals himself to us, and it takes shape in our readiness to accept and assume the responsibility of sharing in his mission. Following St. Paul, Vatican II created a document on the vocation of the laity, that is, your vocation. 
And they put it this way in rather blunt terms. Like no member of a living body plays a purely passive part, so too with the body of Christ, the church. Such a unity and solidarity exists between members that a member who does not work at the growth of the body to the extent of his or her possibilities must be considered useless, both to the church and to himself or herself. Those are not my words. Those are blunt words. What's especially helpful, I think, is the combination of being useful to the church and to oneself. It's not just about doing work here, but it's doing the work that helps one mature and grow spiritually and achieve one's full capacities. You know, one way we attempt to facilitate our responsibility towards God, one way we attempt to you know, develop our readiness to accept and assume Christ's mission is through our annual discipleship renewal that takes the shape of setting goals for the upcoming year. It helps to hold one another accountable so we don't end up taking advantage of one another. Oh, I like the pretty music, and I like the pretty plants, and I like that there's light and that there's a nice temperature, but I don't offer anything in the collection basket. Well, that's taking advantage of others. This is a way in which we hold one another accountable. So what we've done, as in the past, is broken down our life together as parishioners of Sacred Heart into four dimensions. Liturgical, what we do here, spiritual, communal. You remember those things that we could do at one point in time together, like the fall festival. We'll do that again. And then the material, the financial. Christ has sacrificed for us. Does that mean that I should respond with any sort of sacrifice? Now, the lists that we provide are not exhaustive, but they're intended to generate conversation within your households, as we expect all those of age to set goals for the coming year. With the decreasing COVID restrictions, we anticipate increasing activity here. For example, we hope to soon reopen our adoration chapel. And we're just a few volunteers short of being able to do that. So you might say, well, Tuesday or Wednesday, I have an hour that I could give to God, and that's probably not a bad thing. Or maybe you say, you know what, I have the ability to be an usher. And instead of taking advantage of these ushers week in and week out, maybe I should volunteer and do that. St. Peter said Jesus is the rejected stone, which has become the cornerstone, the key piece in the whole structure of which we are all a part and all have a part to play. The discipleship renewal helps develop a sense of responsibility. By God's grace, I exist. I didn't have to exist. And he gave me abilities. He didn't have to do that. And he brought me into his house and to his family. He didn't have to do that. So then the question becomes, what is my responsibility? That's the gist of the confirmation service hours, for example, that we give to kids as they prepare. It's not just a checklist and then we're done. I've completed a little bit of cleaning and then I'm done and I don't have to worry about cleaning again. No, it's helping young people to assume their responsibilities. Do I have the ability to serve at the altar? to usher, to read, to help with the food pantry? Well, if those gifts have given, been given to me from above, 
What does not using them suggest about my appreciation for the giver of those gifts? While what I like or want does play a part, that's not the primary reference point. If it is, our life becomes small, only as large as our little old imagination or the way in which we've been conditioned by so many things out there. It's first about gifts and responsibilities. And as with other areas, parental modeling, volunteering is most helpful. You can't expect your children to be responsible and take their place and volunteer without modeling that in some way yourself. It's helping kids to develop the ability to see and respond accordingly, like the chores that you give your children at home. It's not just so that they have a clean room, that you say, clean your room. It's helping them to develop the ability to see what needs to be done and the ability to act upon what they have seen. That's what we're trying to do. A member of our Building and Grounds put it this way, Father, thank you for helping me serve the Lord by using skills I have been blessed with. What happens when we give in that way is that our abilities, our life becomes elevated. Like this young man right here. He's been in the parish three weeks, maybe. And I think the first Sunday he was here, he volunteered to offer his talents, which if you were here at the beginning, enriched everyone who heard that music. You see how it works. Everyone has something to offer. And when your spirit has been touched as his has, well, then you desire to give back to the one who has given something to you. You know, in that respect, it's like the Eucharist, the bread and the wine that could have been used in any other way for natural consumption, now has been taken here out of common usage and elevated, repurposed to a higher calling, which brings us to your vocation as lay people. My vocation is more like a coach, to encourage, to teach a little bit, to be a channel of grace, the grace of the sacraments, and then an instrument to give you an occasional kick in the pants when you need it, right? Which is why I get paid the big bucks that I do. That's my vocation. Your vocation is to be light, leaven in the world, out there in every dimension of it. Now, obviously, we have more parishioners than we have volunteer needs on a Sunday. So being a minister at Mass, for example, must not encompass the totality of your vocation. It's a dimension of your ongoing training to discern your gifts and responsibilities and to accept and assume the fullness of your vocation. Vatican II put it this way, listen closely, this is all about you. By reason of their, meaning your, special vocation, it belongs to the laity to seek the kingdom of God by engaging in temporal affairs, everything that's in time, and directing them according to God's will. You live in the world, that is, you are engaged in each and every work and business of the earth and in the ordinary circumstances of social and family life, which, as it were, constitute your very existence. There you are called by God that, being led by the spirit of the gospel, you may contribute to the sanctification of the world 
as from within like leaven by fulfilling your own particular duties. Thus, especially by the witness of your life resplendent in faith, hope, and charity, you must manifest Christ to others. It pertains to you in a special way so to illuminate and order all temporal things with which you are so closely associated that these may be affected and grow according to Christ and may be to the glory of the Creator and Redeemer. That's one heck of a responsibility that's not mine. That's your responsibility to enter into every dimension of your existence at work, friendships, bringing hope, bringing light, forgiveness, goodness, patience, redirecting everything towards him. And we have to ask the question, if I'm not fulfilling these smaller responsibilities that I could, what are the chances that I'll fulfill this much greater responsibility? Which brings us back to the Eucharist. As bread and wine are transformed, and you are transformed when you properly receive them, so then your mission in the world mirrors this, elevating everything you do, transforming it to the life of Christ, which you are about to receive. That's the direction at the end of Mass. Go in peace. You have been reconciled with God. Heaven and earth have met in you. Now go reconcile, bring heaven and earth together out there. Clearly, the Sunday Eucharist is essential to this. Here is the pattern of what you mirror out there, and here is the power by which you accomplish it. Friends, fill the forms out completely. Make commitments. It's a way in which we keep our roster up to date. If you don't complete it, we don't mark you active. If you do, we do. That's how we also know who's in the parish so that we can determine enrollment properly at the school and at CYF. It's also how we can respond properly when parishes ask us to verify that you're an active member and somebody wants you to be a godparent or a sponsor. We say, well, unless they've completed this little thing, it's hard to say they're active. Now, of course, I'll give you the last rites. I'll say your funeral mass, no questions asked. But if you don't complete the renewal form, we don't want to pay church tax on someone that we don't need to, that's not around. There is no other name under heaven and earth that Jesus, by which human beings can be saved than Jesus's. And he has called you to work with him. Let's respond with grateful hearts. At the end of the pews are those forms. One per family. Please pass them down at this time. One per family. Take them home with you. Return them here or to the office in a timely fashion. Ten days, please. Otherwise, we're going to mail them out to you. We don't want to waste that stamp if we don't have to. Give some thought. Allow it to be a conversation with your kids. What are we called to? Think of what we have been given and then respond accordingly. Thank you.